Welcome to the Wesley House podcast. Join us each week as we delve into the inspiring sermons and discussions that resonate within our college ministry. At Wesley House, we're not just a community, we're a journey of faith. And this podcast is your front row seat to engaging sermons, thought-provoking conversations, and the vibrant spirit of our college ministry. Tune in, connect, and let the transformative word of God uplift your week. This is Wesley House. When I was in high school, I went to a Christian summer camp in Colorado. And one of the activities of the camp was that we were going to climb one of the mountains in Colorado. And the day of the mountain climb, we woke up so early, well before the sun. We had to have the right shoes and the right gear. And we set out on this trek that lasted all day long. We were climbing and climbing and climbing and sliding back and climbing again and climbing and climbing and climbing. And literally, it took all day long. And we finally get to the top of this mountain and the view was amazing and I'm looking around at this view and I look right across from the path that we had just climbed up and I see a road and all of a sudden it occurs to me that we could have driven to the top of this mountain in probably 30 minutes rather than climbing and sweating and getting blisters and getting dehydrated and getting cranky and twisting our ankles and all the things, climbing all day long to see the same view. And so all of a sudden it occurs to me, why on earth did we put in all this effort if we could have just driven to the top of this mountain? What was the point of that? I had a similar revelation happened in college when I was assigned my first college paper. Now, anyone who remembers your senior year of high school going into college, everyone is telling you like it's the most horrifying place on earth. The professors are mean and it is so hard and you're going to just fail before you even try. And so you better be like top notch, top of your class if you even want to try to be successful in college. And a lot of that is true to some extent. And so here I am as a freshman in college. I just got my first paper assigned to me and I am freaking out. I spend hours in the library writing and writing. I go to the writing lab. I get my friends to peer review. I am studying and researching and rewriting and rewriting. And I submit it and I get an A and I'm pumped. And then my second paper assignment comes around. And by this point, I have more friends. My life is busier. I'm more active. I'm in more social organizations and student organizations. And so I don't really have the time to go all out like I did on the first paper. And so I literally totally wing it. I'm not even sure I spent an hour really researching this paper. I just kind of write it. I submit it. And I think, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I'm going to fail. I'm going to have to drop out. My parents are going to hate me for the rest of my life. And then I get my grade back and I got an A minus. And while that's not the exact same grade, it's pretty darn close for how different of the effort level I gave between paper one and paper two. And all of a sudden it occurs to me again, what was the point of all of that effort? 
if I'm getting basically the same result? I think this happens in our faith too, where we realize we can just kind of be decent people. We all know non-believers who are essentially great people. And so if we can be decent people and, you know, go to church here and there and do something nice for someone else here and there and, and pray every now and again and live these pretty decent lives, then why try hard in our faith at all? If you can just kind of do the bare minimum and still live a good life, does it really matter? More importantly, like, does God really care the level of commitment that we have to our faith? I think we get to these questions, especially in our faith, because we have this idea of the different goals of Christianity. Some of us think that we just have to say we believe in Jesus and we get this golden ticket straight to heaven, or that the goal of Christianity is to be a good person or to be a good or to live a good life. And if being a Christian were as simple as just saying you believed in Jesus, and getting your golden ticket to heaven, and then the rest of the time just kind of skirting by, being decently good, and living a decent life, then yeah, that's a super fair question. Why put any extra effort in? The thing is, I'm not sold that these are the goals of being a Christian. And I want to use these words of Jesus that totally illuminated and brought to life a different perspective on my faith. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 17. And what's happening here in the scripture, Jesus is right about to be betrayed. He is right about to be arrested and crucified. And so we find him at the end of his ministry, at the end of his life, and he's gathered up his disciples and he's praying over them. And it's this beautiful prayer that I want to focus on a few verses within. Father, the hour has come. This is Jesus praying to God the Father. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, if we pause here, I think this is where a lot of Christians stop and a lot of where our faith stops. We have this idea that the goal of being a Christian is to just get to heaven. And once we get to heaven, then we'll be united with God and everything will be perfect. And in the meantime, we can kind of just sit on our hands and, you know, be decent here and there. Think of God here and there, go to church here and there. And like, we're good. But if we continue reading verse three, Jesus continues and says, now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they know you. Notice that this doesn't say, this is eternal life, going to church with a perfect record, never, ever, ever missing, or this is eternal life, saying all the right things and having the most sound theology or this is eternal life and being popular and becoming a missionary and doing all these things. No, it says this is eternal life to know God. 
to be in relationship with God, to have intimacy with God, the creator. And then Jesus goes on in verse four and says, I have brought you glory on earth, talking to God, the father. I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. What is the goal of being a Christian? It's not just to get to heaven or even to be a good person here on earth. No, the goal, the, the eye that we have our pride, the prize that we have our eyes on is to know God and to partner with God to bring heaven to earth now. To know God and to partner with God to bring heaven to earth now. This is the goal of our faith. And if you hear what I'm saying, you most likely fall into one of three categories. Either you have total unbelief, meaning you do not think this is the goal at all. You're not sure about this God stuff. You don't really know what to make of what I'm saying. You, you do not believe in what I'm talking about. This does not matter to you. Unbelief. Or you are just kind of indifferent, meaning you believe with your head what I'm saying, that the goal is to know God and to love God and to bring heaven to earth now. You believe this with your head, but not with your heart. This is the same as saying you have knowledge, but not wisdom. You might have heard this before, that knowledge is understanding that tomato is a fruit. But wisdom is knowing that even though tomato is a fruit, you don't put tomato in a fruit salad, right? You know this goal as a fact in the indifference category. But you're missing the wisdom. You're missing that this isn't just a fact. It's a life-changing truth. This isn't just important. It is the most important thing. And so maybe you're in this third category where you have total belief and total wisdom. You believe this goal is everything. It is the most important thing. And you believe it with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. And your whole life is oriented to God, to knowing God and to bringing heaven to earth. And if you're kind of unsure where you fall, Here's a little litmus test for you. You might be in the indifferent category if you're someone who loves Jesus, but your schedule is formed more by your obligations and your social life than by your values. You love Jesus, but you're totally satisfied with being discipled by TikTok rather than reading your Bible, knowing what it says, and doing the work to understand its context. You might be in the indifferent category if you love Jesus, but you will not be inconvenienced to help out a stranger. It's like getting to the top of the mountain and realizing there's a road after you just spent all day climbing and realizing, wait a minute, I could have just gotten here by going on the road. What's the point? I'll just take the road next time. You might be indifferent if you're honest and you're actually kind of disappointed by this goal. 
you would rather the goal of being a Christian to be something you can check off a list, to just read scripture enough, to just pray enough, to just say the right things enough, to be something that you can achieve through your work ethic. (laughs) You would rather, if you're honest, that the goal of being a Christian is for other people to just see that like, oh yeah, that's that Jesus girl. That's that Jesus guy. They know about scripture and they know theology and they've got all the answers to every question in the whole world. And they're nice. They're pretty nice people. You'd rather have the instant gratification of other people affirming, oh yeah, she's a Christian. You'd rather that be the goal. But the goal of being a Christian is to know God deeply and to partner with God to help bring heaven to earth in little moments here and now. And so if you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, I'm feeling a little convicted. The fire has been relit. Yeah, I, I want I want to be that. I want that to be my wife. I crave it. If you can hear God nudging you in your soul, that longing is him. And you're saying, I want to move from knowledge to wisdom, to, to be a Christian who believes this truth. If that is you, here are three ways that your life will look if you believe this. If you believe the goal of being a Christian is to know God and to help bring heaven to earth here and now, number one, you will make the choice. You have to actually make the choice, not one time, but every day, multiple times a day, that this is the kind of person you're going to be that you're going to be the kind of person who knows God, who loves God, who's being formed by God. You're going to make the choice to reorient your life. Number two, you're going to make space. Part of making the choice is making the space. We all know relationships take time and they require intentional, consistent connection. I don't know how any of us are expecting to know God deeper when our schedules are so jam-packed. Our schedules are full of so many meetings and social activities and all sorts of stuff. We don't even have time to eat or think or feel or sleep. You're never going to just stumble into prayer or stumble into understanding scripture or stumble into this revelation of knowing God deeper when you have no space for God in your life. Jesus says it best that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I'd like to say where you spend your time, there your heart will be also. Sure, we can't fully control our work schedules or our school commitments, but if we're honest, we waste so much time. We give so much time to social media, and to social events, to partying, to worrying, to stressing, to hanging out with people that we don't even like that much. If we're honest, we are willing to give time to almost anything except the number one most important thing in our life, God. So if you want to be this way, you'll make the choice, you'll make the space, and you'll humbly surrender. Part of knowing God is recognizing that you are not God, which means that you have to humbly surrender all that you are, 
your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your anxieties, your list of your future husband, what you want to be when you graduate, your grades, everything. You surrender everything into the hands of God, trusting that when you do that, he will then be able to mold you and your life to be a better reflection of him. You'll make the choice, you'll make the space, and you'll humbly surrender. This is what it looks like. If you want to be transformed, you want this year to be different, you want to know God and help bring heaven to earth, you will do these things. Your life will look this way and your life will be transformed. But is being a Christian just about your personal life being transformed? No. When you really know God and you have the wisdom to help bring heaven to earth, everyone around you should be better for it. Everyone in your sphere of influences, the people in your classes, the people that you walk by on campus, the people that are on social media with you, your roommate, your friend group, everyone around you should see that your life is changed and transformed and their lives should be better for it too. Because you'll be the real reflection of God's light and love. Here is the vision, friends. If you have your scripture, go ahead and turn to Revelation. We're going for the book that everyone's scared of. And yeah, this book is weird. I won't lie to you, but it's not scary. I totally recommend you spend some time in it because it's, it is really beautiful too. We're going to be in Revelations 21. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the, from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of, this, of these things have passed away. And pay attention to this. It says, he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. This, this is the vision. This is the Christian life, friends. It's what we're expectantly waiting for. Yeah, but it's not something that we don't have an active participation in bringing to the earth here and now. This is the vision for you, for your relationships, for your job, for this ministry, for this campus. Just imagine a year from now, if every single person in this room decided this is the vision they are committing their life to. Every single part of it, your thought life, your emotional life, your spiritual life, your academic life, your social life, your social media life, everything is centered around knowing God and creating this vision of heaven to earth here and now. Just imagine what a year from now would look like in all these areas. 
The world is waiting for us to wake up. The world needs Christians to wake up and to recognize the goal of being a Christian. The goal of our faith is to know God, to bring heaven to earth now through our choices, through the space that we create in our life for God to move and to dwell and to shape, and for the way that we humbly surrender all that we are over to the God who loves us and created us. The heaven meeting earth, space made thin kind of moments are waiting for you. Amen.